This is The Art Show by Teapot Cast with Milo H.G. Waters, featuring samples of the latest tracks from Aesop Fox. You'll find his SoundCloud in the description. And stay tuned till the end for a special live performance. But now, sit back, pop the kettle on, and enjoy the conversation. Please join me in welcoming the multi-instrumental storyteller, Aesop Fox. Chris, it's a pleasure to have you on, and I want to know what is in your teapot. Uh, well, Milo, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, in my teapot is uh, some red wine. <laughs> ah, quite a novel thing to have in your teapot. Well, you know, these days call for some novel ideas, eh? <laughs> <laughs> they do indeed. And uh, speaking of novel ideas, um, I've had a great chance to listen to your new tracks. And uh, they are certainly novel, and they are really, really interesting. Um, and we've got a few samples of them. Uh, but first, yeah, I'd just like to have a little chat about your, uh, you know, your musical influences here, because I can hear a lot in there. But I'd like to hear from uh, um, from your so words, like say... who's who's been a big influence on you. Um, so I would say that um, I like a lot of different music um, and I look for kind of complexity and depth. Um, so I used to be a metalhead and I absolutely loved all of like the mad shredding and the scales and the fact that there were guitar solos every like, you know, every 30 seconds. Um, <laughs> and like that, although that, that love has kind of shifted, the kind of the core of that has, has always stayed with me. Um, so I've got lots of different Yeah, man, I get that. I mean, that uh, really, really yeah, just the, the musicality and the skill that goes into heavy metal is just so cool and uh, and the energy about it as well, even if you do sort of... I mean, I found as well, I kind of grew up of uh, of people screaming at me. like. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, it kind of suits that kind of like angsty teenage vibe. Um, yeah, well, in it. I think every, every, every boy has a Linkin Park phase oh, at some yeah. point. Oh, and... Yeah. <laughs> Um, and, but like, although I kind of, I moved, like I kind of stepped across into electronic music and went straight into dubstep because I still had that heavy kind of complex sort of feel to it. Um, and then that slowly led me on from a bass and jungle. And then I found dub and I've always been a massive lover of reggae. Um, and dub mm. is just this like heavy bassy version, electronic version of, um, of reggae. I mean, you can get all sort like dub is a big umbrella term for lots of different kinds of dub as, as many genres are. Um, and so you can get kind of more rootsy kind of dub as well, which is, you know, a bit more old school. So not quite this strong electronic um, feel, but um, I really like the kind of like, you know, OBF and um, uh, like Stan High Patrol and like, all, like lo loads of different kind of dub artists. And I think that's, that's one um, that is what kind of comes through with the kind of more bassy, feel that um i'm trying to capture with some of my tunes um but then also on the storytelling side i would say that disraeli mm. was a massive influence um and really opened my eyes to kind of the idea of telling stories through songs yeah man we were yeah we were talking a bit about him earlier um because i kind of like i'd heard the odd track from him um a while ago now yeah. um and never really got into him but uh yeah you've uh you've kind of set me on a bit of a uh, a bit of a mission to to find out a bit more about him and I'm listen glad. to a few more of his tunes. He's, he's um, definitely worth a shot. Um, I would say that, like, 
Um, something I, I mean, I found him when I was probably in my teenage years, and he's he's played with lots of different people and has lots of different um, out, like his his sound output is like often quite different from album to album, and I really appreciate that. I like any artist that can deliver that kind of variety, and I feel like as a musician myself, um, I have a lot of sort of diversity within my sound to offer, um, and yeah, I think I think musicians shouldn't be pigeonholed into sort of one particular style and should be able to, you know, take different directions when they want to. Yeah, I definitely get that, and uh, I think it is always really rewar- rewarding to, uh, you know, to look at a musician's career when they've been going for a while and just see how they transition from... Uh, you know, through through genres and their style changes and refines and, <clears throat> and yeah, I can definitely hear all of those influences that um, that you've just spoken about in the tracks. Definitely that um, that heavy uh, that that dub reggae. Yeah, <clears throat> that comes through. I mean, uh, the the opening to Neanderthal kind of put me in the mind of um, uh, what's the Tash Sultana track? Um, oh, uh, I know I know which one you mean. The name it. Yeah, you, yeah, <laughs> in it. I, uh, it's not important what it's called, but um, yeah, you know what I mean. Just that, that, like, really bassy <laughs> offbeat intro on the guitar, like it's oh, yeah. lovely, lovely stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, I think it's about time uh, we played a little sample of Neanderthal. If you're up for it. Yeah, hundred percent. Through the dirt Nothing on her back She's staying alert Me and the soul Wandering through the dust Into the land She places a trust in that i mean uh yeah the 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 basic dub i definitely hear coming through um what's that um that really like uh uh sort of plodding i want to say it's a drum but it almost sounds like a uh, like a trumpet or something in there where's that coming from um is it is it following the bass line because the the bass the bass sound that i've found um I'm using like a, a, a synthesized, like well, it's a digital version of the Mini Moog synth, um, and it's it's an awesome piece of kit. It's just on my iPad. You can get it on your phone. It's actually free as well. Any musician listening to this who wants to explore these kind of sounds, I thoroughly recommend it. It's really really good. Um, but it's you, you can basically overlay different sine waves and create different sounds um, by manipulating the the sound wave, and so 
I, I don't know if this is actually what okay. you're talking about. That's, but, yeah, that's um, very, very the cool then. There's like a bit the bass sound, and then there's like an overlapping higher um, bass sound. So that the that actual bass spans a few octaves, um, which is just really interesting for the ears. Hmm. Very, very nice then. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to have a little talk about the uh, the acoustic guitar because that's like that's that's you playing it, isn't it? That's yeah. not synthesized. Yeah. So all all of the everything except for. Um, Essie, who features later on in the track, is uh, created mm. by me um, with a loop station. So that's probably an important thing to bring up at this point is that um, I use a loop station. And um, that tends to be why my tracks are a little bit longer, because they are like kind of a live recording of a loop station, of a loop session. So, you know, if you came in and saw me play a gig, um, then th that's kind of what you'd hear. It's not like a studio version, which would be a little bit shorter and snappier. Um, ah yeah. yeah man yeah I totally get that so that's what gives it that um that kind of layering effect where it's like you hear like you hear the bass line come in yeah. and then you hear the drums and then you hear the guitar yeah, and it yeah. sort of like builds up like brick after brick kind of thing absolutely like yeah. I see now so there's a really clear so, point where that happens with like the kind of really high vocal harmonies um you can hear like each layer is added um like melody line by melody line you know obviously i can't sing all a three-part harmony in one go just off the bat but you know i basically lay the first one down i loop it and then lay the second one down and the third and however many notes are in my chord you know yeah man so how do you like how do you find using a loop station and stuff um you know because i imagine it it opens up quite a lot of uh, possibilities for you as a musician. Like suddenly you're not just one guy playing one guitar track. You've got, yeah. you know, all of these different effects and layers that you can add in and really just bring some more depth to the sound. Like how, how does that help you um, kind of convey uh, the meanings behind your song? Does it help with that? Um, I would say like the loop station in so many ways has massively expanded my abilities as a, as a musician. Um, so as like someone who's multi-instrumentalist, there's always been a frustration of um, only having so many hands and mouth to be able to <laughs> output sound. Um, and I, although I've dabbled in sound production, it's something that I uh, find difficult and over like many years and many attempts of trying to like produce a track like you would in the studio um i've yet to really finish any track because um you, i think you have to have a certain kind of brain and a, a, a certainly a, a, um, a sort of tenacity to really keep sort of hammering away at things and I, I always have massive respect for any sound engineers and any producers um uh like joe for example who was on your show a couple of podcasts ago he showed me a yeah, bass track today actually and um it was wicked and he just he just came up with it Oh, yeah, morning. man. I mean, it um, is a very different skill set, isn't it? And just, yeah, getting into those Absolutely. really fine details, like beat by beat and, and fiddling yeah. with it all. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's totally different to me. Super impressive. Um, um, I find, yeah. like, then, because I, the, the bit I love about music is um, the creation, the writing, and the performance. And there's that little step between all of that stuff and then um, proving to people and venues and and nights and events that you can do all those things or like you know <laughs> basically creating uh, a consumable version of your music that people who like your stuff can then go home and, and go on soundcloud and listen um, and so the loop station has 
basically allowed me to shortcut a load of the production stuff because I can just create the tune and r record it live, uh, live in a, in a sense. And um, there it is, done. Yeah, man, for sure. Yeah, man. And uh, yeah, I mean, just uh, just on that sort of like, uh, you know, how, how you go from uh, from from making music from just kind of expressing yourself musically into making something that's uh that's a little bit more consumable a little bit easier to digest like could you just sort of uh take us through what that process means to you because i mean listening to your tracks like i can i can really hear that like it is very personal to you and uh you know a lot of the sort of uh uh, you know the meanings the substance uh within there i can really hear you know sort of you as an individual coming out in it but it doesn't feel at any point like um you know like a morrissey type just <laughs> i'm i'm just whinging putting myself out there kind of thing because you've kind of translated it into these these stories these worlds and characters mm. that you're creating so uh, yeah, could you just tell me a little bit about how how you get from an individual wanting to express themselves in sound to you know to creating all of this 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 really rich world within uh, within each of your songs? Um, I would say that it. So I use music as a way to um, help my mental health. Um, I find. <laughs> like if I whenever I go traveling somewhere I know I'm going to be somewhere for more than a week um, I start to panic because I'm like oh, well I need to get hold of a guitar or something to be able to bring with me to be able to like it just it just settles me um, uh, really mm. really well and so that's always been kind of the, the core motivation um, and I think I've always been a massive lover of fantasy um, and I think and, and film and any any kind of storytelling any kind of stories um, it's just a fantastic medium to convey meaning or lessons or, you know, anything, anything kind of a moral or, you know, fables are a perfect example. Well, Aesop is like, you know, the most famous Greek storyteller and his fables, you know, they're these wonderful, very innocent, lovely stories, but they always have a really, really um, kind of deep and core meaning. And so I think the practice of storytelling has been one that as humans, we have done for thousands and thousands of years. Um, and so I think there's a very deep absolutely yeah of, and of it is all and, about uh, that um yeah man yeah absolutely like and uh you know what what makes stories last through the ages and what keeps them going um you know is that that sort of that that essence of truth in there that yeah. that meaning that warning yeah. that um that observation mm -hmm. you know what whatever it is dependent on the on the specific story and it makes it relatable um, as well because um mm. if if there's a, a character going through a trial or a tribulation and you know it's due to like their own poor choices due to like um a jealous streak or or like aggressiveness or or maybe a lack of confidence or whatever ha happens to be a character finds himself in this situation and then they find a way out and for us as humans we um, we continuously anthropomorphize things. We, we continuously want to relate to things. That's, that's what we do as humans. Um, and so 
putting ourselves in the shoes of the characters, you know, you can think like, oh yeah, I remember that time uh, where I, I lacked confidence and didn't stand up for myself. And maybe next time I can do what this character did um, and that might make things easier. That might work next time. Um, and I, I have to say- Yeah, for sure. Th- there's also something about um, communication of, of difficult ideas. And as soon as you start to attack um, someone or say like, your idea is wrong, I'm right, mm. this sort of thing, the person immediately goes into a defense and you're not going to get yeah. through by any means. And so by yes, wrapping of up course. these kind you of need lessons to, that yeah, maybe I you want know, to try if you, and if you... convey in a sort of story, then it just kind of makes the, it, 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 uh, it makes it easier to, to take on board. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, yeah, you you know, you're never going to get anywhere trying to uh, trying to force somebody to listen to your point of view, trying to trying to throw it at them, really push it on them. But if you you know, if you invite them in, if you invite people yeah. in to listen to you and hear you, then uh, you know, you start to get that conversation coming out. You start to build some mutual understanding. And I think music is such a fantastic way of doing that because, you know. Like I, I don't know of anybody who hates music, um, and they probably aren't listening to this podcast. Um, <laughs> but you know, it is just such a such a universal language, isn't it? Sure. Like yeah. you know, it's it's done differently in different times and places. But you know, there is something that, as human beings, we just find pleasing about about melody and rhythm. Um, but just uh, just taking it back to characters for a minute, um, I'd, I'd really like you yeah. to just sort of tell me a bit about this uh, this Meanderthal character um, who who in the song is kind of uh, kind of portrayed by uh, by Essie Rivers uh, Maester, yeah. uh, who I also had on the podcast not that long ago. Yeah, um, um, yeah. Just just tell me a bit about this character then. So the the idea actually originated um, my partner Sassy. Um, essentially mispronounced the word Neanderthal uh, and she said Meanderthal and like I just thought that was such a beautiful combination of the word meander and Neanderthal and it just get, it immediately it brought these visions and the, these like visuals of of this kind of ancient female like presence this energy this kind of being who's like been stomping through the desert and the dirt on on like in in the the world that all my stories are all, all sort of set uh, for like eons you know and and there's a few lines in there you know she's the mother of humanity uh, you know she fought the patriarchy and you know all, the, all this sort of stuff it kind of just feels like this kind of this motherly this deep motherly tribal kind of figure um and so i immediately ideas of kind of um being a kind of guardian of nature and someone who can help guide us and um yeah this kind of guardian i suppose um and uh, yeah so throughout throughout the song you know you you're kind of learning a bit more about um about the meanderthal and kind of what her deal is um and um yeah so i actually now now live uh, with essie and uh, we both know how excellent a rapper she is and i just thought it would be so good actually just to have Essie smash out a, an excellent rap um, from the perspective of the Meanderthal. And like, as soon as I played, played it to the tr- track to her and um, we, we got talking, she immediately started writing. I literally hadn't finished playing and she was already writing lyrics. Um, and I think it really, it really resonated with her as well. And it just, it was just one of those really synergistic kind of 
happenings that just worked really perfectly. Yeah, man, it's it is really great when you get that um, mm. that kind of uh, like you say synergy. Like you know when you when you're working with someone, and it just it just suddenly starts flowing, and everybody gets on the same wavelength, and, yeah. and it's always really really cool when it's uh, when it's sparked by something. You know, something really simple like, you know, someone mispronouncing the word. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, man, for sure. And uh, yeah, and Essie's got such a wonderful voice for it as well. Oh, yeah, um, yes. In fact, I think uh, I think we'll play a little bit of her verse now, if Sweet. that's okay. Absolutely, yeah. Ancient blessings in forgotten times. I'm wondering, I'm pondering on nature. I will smell the fire burning like no other. I'm the nature teaching mother. I'm All right, yeah, man. So that's Essie's verse from the Neanderthal. And uh, God, she has a good voice for it, doesn't oh, she? There's... It's just wicked, absolutely. Yeah, man. There's there's something there's something about um about the tone of her in that that it's just like I don't know. It's it's got this like this real like power behind it, but also this kind of like. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say sensuality because that's not quite the quite the vibe. But do you know what I mean? There's like there's a mystery there. There's something really enticing to it, and it's yeah. ju- it just sounds so lovely. Like a really, you know, I think she was a really really good pick for uh, for that character. Absolutely, and it it's funny because it's it, when I wrote the Neanderthal, um, I didn't intend to have uh, like someone else rapping in it, um, and when I heard Essie for the first time I was like just awestruck because like you say she's got this excellent voice like such like sharp and and such sharp delivery and like her the content of her of her raps are like super excellent but also she has this like she she has a couple of different styles where there's this kind of like more hard-hitting classic rap stuff and then there's like a more kind of sing-song kind of um softer more breathy kind of uh, rap as well um and actually with that track um we after we did the live loop um we actually layered over a couple of times um with her kind of softer style as well so that's i think why you get this kind of it's quite a broad sound where you have this kind of harder hitting um kind of bars but then you've also got in the background this kind of a bit softer kind of more caring in a way and i think sensuality like could be the right word because she's playing this kind of like motherly figure but it's she's also a badass you know this the meanderthal mm. is an absolute boss but is also a mother just like all mothers are like you know just this yeah this very kind of strong female um presence and i think she just captures it perfectly yeah man i yeah i totally agree with that so um so moving on um you showed me a couple of other tracks and yeah. the next one that you showed me was shapeshifter um so real quick um why don't you tell us a little bit about uh about the musicality of shapeshifter and how it differs from uh from the meanderthal before we play a little clip okay um so i write a lot of my music 
um, first just me and, and a guitar, I've got a Spanish guitar, um, which I kind of, um, I've had for years. And so that's where I do a lot, like most of my creating. Um, and actually the Meanderthal was one of the first tracks that I wrote for the loop station, for the, like from the ground up. Um, whereas Shapeshifter, it, you know, I, I was exploring with uh, different chord progressions and like, um, rather than using open chords or bar chords, um, I was kind of playing around with, you know, what, what does it sound like if I put my finger here, here and here randomly? Uh, that's quite a cool chip like chord it's a bit dissonant <laughs> and that's essentially how i found some of the chords for uh, shapeshifter and i really enjoy dissonance and like discord um and i think it can mm. create a really beautiful feel um a good uh, like a, a friend of mine jacob collier um some people might might know him he's he's like he's flown off into the musical world um he describes um harmonic structure as uh, ways to convey emotion so, you know, we all know that like, you know, C major sounds friendly and happy and like G major maybe sounds yeah. like home. And, you know, you have all these different feelings that are attached to chords. And I find that like when you have dissonance, it just creates this really rich emotional feel. And so Shapeshifter is it's essentially like a love story, uh, a love song. But it's it's kind of complicated because um, at the same time as it being kind of fantasy based, um it's also like a metaphor and so you, you have this kind of um so with within within the fantasy the, like the fantasy based story uh, it's this um this kind of shape-shifting creature that can take many different forms who is infatuated with um the individual who's kind of singing the song um and many times the shapeshifters tried to <clears throat> excuse me, uh, like allure the, the individual into kind of their snare or um, their kind of their world and, and maybe the first time they were successful but the person has learnt and how difficult and twisted the love was and the shape-shifting and, and this kind of like beast within, it's like a curse and it's like it twists up their insides and the, and the love is not healthy, you know, it's not, it's not healthy and therefore becomes unrequited. Um, and so there's this kind of struggle between um, someone who's very in the human world who you know is trying to live their life who is essentially like kind of plagued by this this creature who's infatuated with them and, and wants them for themselves um, but then also you know you can take as many metaphors from that as, as you like and I tried not to be too explicit with um, the language I use like I have been with the Neanderthal you know it's, it's, I'm trying to paint quite a clear picture Whereas in the shapeshifter, I, I wanted to just keep it open. So if someone didn't just hear me describe it as such, they might think it's just a difficult love story. And I quite liked that. Yeah, man, for sure. I, and yeah, I think that is really interesting. Just ambiguity in storytelling mm. that, um, you know, that lets people find their own, uh, their own meaning from it. So uh, yeah, let's have a quick listen to it.
But some things do uh, do certainly carry over. Um, there is definitely a little bit of consistency in your style at this point. Like, uh, you know, the the dub I can hear, but it's sort of it's a little bit more muted. Like the acoustic is taking over a little bit more. And uh, and you said there was a bit of like Spanish influence on the guitar in this track. Is that right? Um. So I I tend to write on a Spanish guitar, which because it's like a kind of um, it's an acoustic guitar that's it's a little bit smaller it's got a wider neck it's got like quite a warm sound as opposed so, so it's got like half of the strings are nylon so it's kind of got this bit of a softer sound um, and I think that just having that instrument as the instrument that I wrote it on helped kind of convey or, or inspire rather this this kind of more softer story you know it's not about these like hard-hitting characters or you know these epic battles that go on it's 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 softer it's sensual it's 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 more loving and i think it, it rather than it being directly inspired by spanish music i would say it's kind of inspired by the instrument that i wrote it on mm. Well, that's really, really cool. Um, I must confess, um, until five seconds ago, I did not realise that a Spanish guitar was literally a different, like, build of instrument. I thought it was just a style of guitar playing. Um, yeah, yeah. But that's, yeah, that's really cool that that has, uh, that has influenced the sound so much. Hmm. I mean, it, you know, um, the Spanish guitar influences fully Spanish music. You know, when you, when you hear Spanish music well, yeah. in Spanish guitar... And it, you just you have that kind of beautiful acoustic rich feel with like the rapid kind of scales and, and picking and all of that stuff. You know, it's that's the kind of music it's built for. Um, I can't actually play Spanish music and Spanish guitar like that. It's, it's incredibly <laughs> technical. But um, I have a Spanish guitar that I bought in Spain whilst I was traveling because I panicked because I didn't have an instrument to, to play whilst I was out there. And um, I actually love it. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I see. I see. So do you kind of like... It seems like you've got sort of different uh, starting points for each of these tracks. Like with the Neanderthal, um, it sounds like you really did start with the character, you know, uh, going off the, um, you know, sassy mispronouncing something. Sure. But um, yeah, but that kind of feels like the genesis. Would you say with this song, it kind of started a bit more from the guitar itself or or did you have this shapeshifter character in mind or or something about the relationship um yeah where where did it start how did it grow um i would say that my that the way that i write music is is super varied um i know there's some musicians that tend to like to write lyrics first and then they, they put like a backing to it or, or they, they write a chord progression first and then find something that suits it lyrically. Um, I actually find I use lots of different sort of methods to, to get to my end result. Uh, and just like you said, with the Meanderthal, um, very clearly there was a character there, like the Meanderthal, you know, and I, and because of those kind of dusty, 
like big deserty plodding kind of feel that um that immediately inspired i that's why the song came out as it did whereas with the shapeshift it like you said it, it was the other way around i had these softer discordant chords that felt really nice and kind of they, they weren't simple pleasant chords they had this discord and i i'm absolutely certain that that is what led me to write a song about love but it wasn't simple love it was this kind of difficult strained unrequited love um and there's lots of different ways that i am inspired and and, and from different directions and so um it, it's hard to pin down the kind of method i use most to be honest yeah man well yeah i fully get that and uh you know it may it makes a lot of sense to me because every song is unique even if you're you know, even if you you just work within one genre, yeah, um, it's always going to have a you know a a different meaning, a different sound to it. So it kind of makes sense to me that you'd uh, you'd start at different places, yeah. and you know the process is always going to be different. And uh, yeah, I mean, do you uh, do you find that you really like uh, kind of experimenting with different sounds, different techniques? Like, where does that come from? Because you you know you as you've said yourself you don't kind of pin yourself down into uh into a single genre you have like a few different influences that are all sort of coming together and changing over time like mm. so yeah just just tell me a little bit about that about uh you know changing changing the style up changing uh how how the sound comes out that's not a very clear question at all i'm sorry but uh do you have a do you have someone you can riff off that yeah, yeah i think so um i think that it directly comes from um the the kind of broad influences that i have musically um so like i i hear big heavy um dub tunes and i'm like yeah this is wicked and i look around see everyone like bopping about loving their life and and i'm just like i want to create this 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 vibe i want to this energy like i want this is what i want to create and then I'll also be in like an open mic somewhere and someone will be playing some really beautiful soft like mandolin or something and they'll be they'll be singing something really beautiful over the top of it and and I'm, I'm like yeah this is really this is really deep and it's touching me in, in really like kind of um emotional ways and I, I this, yeah maybe this is the vibe that I want and I've I, I also think that um as a vocalist um I found I struggled a lot when I first started singing um because there were the 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 vocalists that I was listening to, they all had like their voice, you know. They they'd spent time discovering what mm. they sounded like. Um, Jamie Cullum was a really big influence. John Mayer was a big influence. Um, Stevie Wonder, yeah. uh, you know, all these people, and they they've got a really really um, uh, what's the word? Um, recognizable for lack of a better word, um, sound. Yeah. And so I always try. I was trying to find like what's my sound? What do I sound like as a vocalist? And you spend a lot of time when you're learning, when you learn to sing, uh, mimicking people that you like. Um, and I think because of that, I ended up realizing that actually I can I can do a lot with my voice. Um, and so I used to think that was a problem. It, not not that I could do a lot with it, but I used to find it, it was difficult to hone in on what I wanted to sound like. But then I realized the the kind of the more I grew up and the the more open my mind became to um, different musical influences and and people like Disraeli, who really, he really was, he, he's done some really amazing stuff, uh, albums that are super, super raw and very different sound to what he has been before. And it made me go, 
well, I don't have to like pin myself onto one particular style or sound. Um, I can actually use this, the vocal ability that I have to my advantage. Um, so I could do a bit of spoken word. I could do a bit of like aggressive rap or I, could, I can do a bit of like vocal harmonies. And actually vocal harmonies is something that I, I really, really love. I've been in choirs my entire life and uh, I really, really enjoy vocal harmonies. So that's definitely something that I try to employ. Yeah, man, definitely. Well, that's really, really cool. Okay, so uh, we do have one more track to look at from you, yeah. and this is uh, this is "You Are Royalty," and uh, it's quite different. I think uh, let's let's give this a quick listen uh, first off, and then we'll have a chat about it. Yeah. My time, feelings of inadequacy drains my mind. Too short or too thin, too weak or too feminine. Not angry or toxic with love to be part of the gentleman's club. Only to those who shove their feelings under the rug. A feeling like I'm stuck. Fuck. Ah. Uh. I know I have some masculinity, which isn't the same as manliness to me. It doesn't have to be thieving or greed. Believing my purpose is to spread my seed. I want to be freed from these fucked up rules about how I should be And that I should be called he just because I was born with a penis These mouth breathers are heinous and weren't always couch dreamers Weren't always slouch creepers, weren't always doubt weavers Weren't always house leavers, weren't always doubt believers Of shouters and screamers, not allowing freedoms Not fighting their demons, giving to shite demeanors They have to be wife cheaters, they have to be wife beaters They have to be wife cheaters, they have to be wife beaters They have to be wife Cheaters, ah! We should be life leaders. We can make fine teachers. We can define details and remind each of us to feel time to discuss and adjust our mistrust and the feelings of disgust. And if they come from us or come from some deep internalized pain, like a heavy rain or a past love stain, or society's to blame for these feelings of shame. But we don't have to do this again and again and again. Again and again and again uh. Every woman a queen Every man a king Everyone in between Yes, you're royalty Every woman a queen Every man a king Everyone in between Yes, you're royalty yeah, man, really cool. So I definitely hear that uh, that dub coming out. But what um, what I noticed that's very different from this um, in this is uh, you know the previous tracks, your your vocal quality because you're because you're telling these stories, you're creating this world. Um, there's uh, you know there's a real lightness to it that's that's really quite inviting. You know uh, mm. it 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 feels like you're drawing me in very slowly and uh, and carefully into this uh, this scenario that you're creating, these stories that you're telling. Sure. Uh, but with this one, right from the get go, I hear that passion in your voice, and I hear um, you know that kind of that frustration that cognitive dissidence coming out and uh you know it's a it's a very difficult thing to fake it really does sound quite uh quite personal to you and uh you know if i'm like 
if I'm reading this right, it is kind of um, it's kind of a character study, right? Um, for a lot of it, it's a it see it seems kind of uh, you know, from one from one character's perspective. So yeah, can you just just tell us a little bit about that? About how uh, you know, what's what's the emotion behind this, and where is it coming from? Um, so this is is probably one of the most vulnerable tunes that I've ever written. Um, mm. And whereas a lot of my stories and some of my songs uh, come from a chord progression or come from a character, a clear character, this just came from somewhere far deeper. Um, this was actually, I actually wrote this uh, when I was working um, in uh, a COVID testing center. I was working in a car park um, essentially just guiding people to have tests uh, and they were pretty long boring days I'll admit so I, I just started writing stuff and at that time um, there was a lot of um, and, and generally for like the last however many years um, since I was a teenager um, I've always felt this struggle with my sexuality and my gender um, uh, my gender identity and and it always kind of wrapped up confusion and I think in more recent years, I've come to the identity of queer just because it's like it's just essentially just means like non straight heteronormative. And that's as like that's as as much of a box as I want to be put in. You know, it's like labels yeah. are great and they help people um, communicate and it helps with their language. Um, there's a point in the tune where I say, you know, um, there's um, I know language can be scary. We have new terminology, you know, and, it, and it's true for, for lots of people who. Um, are confronted um, by this idea of being non-binary or, or like other genders than just um, man and woman, um, it can be scary. And these, these big words get thrown around that like are new and, and they feel strange. And, and um, I think that I was kind of like trying to figure some a lot of stuff out when I wrote this. And um, I am kind of done trying to label myself, essentially. And so this was just kind of like, fuck it, I'm going to write this tune. And, and it, it came out far, far softer when I first wrote it. I first wrote it and I was like, this is just going to be a spoken word piece, you know, and it was going to be a little bit more gentle. Um, and then, I, I don't know, I took it to the loop station and I just found this heavy bass line and was like, just fueled by it. And so I, that, you know, like it definitely comes across in the track. I'm, I'm going for it, you know, and, and like I, I mentioned just before we listened to it, that um, I have this other like side of aggressive rap is why the words I used. Um, <laughs> and I don't often rap in that way. I don't often um, use that kind of more fast paced, punchy kind of stuff. And I think because this came from a deeper place, um, it fully influenced the, the, st the style and the sound of the track as it, uh, as it is now. Oh yeah, of course. You know, of course, it's going to like. I mean, you know, it's, it's what we were saying earlier about. Um, you know, you make songs differently depending on on where they're coming from, and you really can hear that. You know, just how personal it is to you, yeah. and uh, and that you know, like it is. It's actually a real, real privilege to um, to listen to somebody kind of opening up that much and and you know really kind of kind of showing the depths of their soul in a way that's like you know there is this this conflict this confusion 
within me and what I'm doing here by expressing it is part of the process of kind of figuring it out. Mm. And I definitely get what you're saying about, um, about the kind of duality of labels, I guess that like, yeah, on the one hand, it is really helpful to have shorthand for everything that makes, uh, you know, in this case, people of, um, uh, you know, various genders, sexualities, yada to yada to yada um kind of immediately identifiable but at the same time once that label is on there um you know you're kind of constrained to that box and it yeah and it can start having um an effect that's that's not as conducive to uh you know to either um you know, being accepted by other people and also not conducive to sort of figuring yourself out because because everybody is an individual and labels by their nature yeah. are general, right? They're collective, yeah? So, you know, I think, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, man, it kind of... Do you know, do you know what? The, the, the last time um, I heard a track and I just thought, God damn, this is like this is raw right here. Um, I think it was like Mike Righteous's "Fire in the Booth" or something. <laughs> like, nice. <laughs> but, I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, yeah, yeah. That yeah, is intended yeah, as a compliment, like, man. Like, it's it comes- yeah. It honestly, it is a real, real joy to um, to hear something like that and to hear it in this kind of uh, in this long form um as well where you really do get taken on this uh you know this full journey with you and in this case it's uh you know it's it's less of a um it's less of a kind of uh literal journey of like you know the the journey of the relationship with the shapeshifter or the yeah. you know the traveling around with the meanderthal it's it's really a kind of personal uh you know almost like a discourse with yourself yeah yeah um yeah and it is yeah it is really really cool man um so i guess i guess what i'm saying is thank you for making music it's good <laughs> oh well yeah thank you for for enjoying it um i think just just um with with that track um and with what we were talking about with like uh, relating to music and and putting forward an idea uh using storytelling and it kind of allows people to um take on the idea without feeling like personally attacked with this song there was none of that it was like it wasn't for i wasn't worried about upsetting people this song i Mm. wrote for people who are non-binary i wrote for people who are queer i wrote for people who could relate to the stuff that i was talking about and so um if some if someone else who hears it who who isn't part of that world um uh, get something from it as well amazing um and i by, by no means am i saying like you know it's not for anybody else um it's mm. just like you know it came from me as like part of uh, my experiences and if someone can hear that and go damn i i experience and feel like a similar thing i'm not alone in the world then like that even if that happens to just one person then that is incredible for me as as a creator well, absolutely, Matt. I think that's, uh, you know, that's that's a really, really bloody, uh, you know, noble way to make music. And, uh, you know, and I can I can 
I certainly hope that uh, that it does both of those things. That you know, it connects with um, uh, with with non-binary people, with people in a similar situation. But I think um, as well because it it does have that kind of that that rawness to it. I think it would also connect with people who, uh, you know, maybe have have no experience of uh, of such things, and you know, maybe have certain preconceptions about it mm-hmm. because. It is so. It is so personal, and it's not. I I get that it was made without kind of wanting to, uh, kind of put it across gently, shall we say? <laughs> um, you know. But at the same time, you know, it's not. It's it's not attacking anyone there, um, and I think that's what what i really appreciate about it that it is just it's just you it's just you in in sound and uh yeah and you know you can't you can't deny that um even if you know even if somebody's listening to it who uh who like say you know has has preconceptions or whatever about these things yeah. i think you can't deny when you've got a human being in front of you or um you know or coming out of your speakers even yeah that's just really really you know kind of exposing themselves in that way in a way that's that's really honest and i think that is how you know how we need to connect with people it's you know it's so easy to see other people as as their label as as you know what you preconceive them as but Mm. Yeah, I I don't quite know where I'm going with this point, but um, I think you get what no, roughly I, what I'm trying yeah, to say. I, I, yeah, I absolutely agree with you. Yeah, yeah, um, and yeah, I I appreciate appreciate what you, your your sentiment for sure. And I, I, yeah, if I can if I can touch people in a deep way, regardless of who they are, then in in my mind the, the track's a success. But but in a, a more kind of selfish way, this track came out of me as a kind of expression as a almost like a healing experience for myself um and so what it's done for me um i hope it can do for others basically well i'm sure it will and uh yeah i'm i'm very confident that it will mate um okay so just to round (laughs) things off um i believe we do have um a little uh a little live session yeah 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 absolutely yeah, man. Well, just before we jump into that, um, is there is there anything you'd like to plug very quickly, or um, where can people find you? Where can people check you out? Um, what's you know what's on the horizon for you? What's coming out? What should people be looking out for? Um, so I currently uh, I I struggle with social media. Um, it's something I I generally, generally dislike. Um, but you yeah. know, in in this world, it's uh, an incredible source of, of self promotion, and so I'm I'm kind of jumping off that diving board. Uh, I've got a Facebook page, um, Aesop Fox, and uh, a SoundCloud page as well um, of the same name. Um, I'll probably make some videos um, so you can actually see me do some live looping as well. So I have a YouTube channel, um, and I sort of slowly release stuff. Um, I've got. I've got Shapeshifter on SoundCloud, so people can listen to that whole song. Um, I'm going to release Meanderthal um, in probably about a week or a few days. Um, and then um, the You Are Royalty, uh, that tune will, will probably be out in the next couple of weeks as well. Um, 
So yeah, just go to SoundCloud or Facebook and, and you'll see the updates. Fantastic. Yeah. And uh, yeah, people can find links to all of those in the description. And uh, yeah, we're going to... We're gonna finish off with uh, with a little live track. Uh, what what's this song called, Chris? Do you want to just give it a quick introduction? Sure. Um, so this is the story of the forgotten Gibbon. Um, it's actually a two part story. Um, I'm gonna play the first part, and uh, you guys will have to sort of stay tuned for the uh, for the second part. Um, and this this is kind of more my more classical storytelling kind of style. Um, so we've listen to the kind of heavier dubby kind of style we've listened to a much softer kind of the shapeshifter much softer Th- this this tune is um, a bit more um representative of a lot of my other stories that i've written um which i have found difficult to um put into a studio or onto the loop station um because it's the, the scope of them are much larger so um it's going to take a bit of time so this cliffhanger may, may be a maybe a long one <laughs> <laughs> well, no problem at all. I mean, I think uh, I think there's enough suspense to uh, to keep us waiting for a long time. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, without further ado, let's go straight to Forgotten Gibbon. Sounds good. Eons ago, a being as old the trees, a child of the Axeman and Scarlet Lady, lived beneath the Evermountain. There slumps the gibbon, forgotten in the dank, and the dark unforgiven, long in limb and tooth and claw, he's unsure what he's here for. Feeling discord within his core, something's not right, inherently flawed. As cold sweat sweats out through every pore, his head's all a muddle, yet everything's sore. As he props himself up on his dusty throne, is cracked and dishevelled, made from weakening stone. On his head sits a crooked crown that slips down one side, causing perpetual frowns. Inside and outside, there's nothing. There sits the gibbon, his face is hidden, his life tattered in ribbons, he's been ridden of his past visions, snorts in derision, he needs not the burden of his memories, he's forgot everything that meant anything, so take stock of a monkey in the shape of a madness, undulating and escaping from his sadness, less impressive in the darkness with no light to incite sight into starkness regardless it's easy to see he needs clarity forgotten gibbon look how you're living you may have a crown you may have a throne but when you look around you were on your own you've been forgotten and it's left you rotten you need to understand your past roots in the ground have polluted all the land and now it's come back round forgotten gibbon yeah forgotten gibbon 
One day the dark seems darker, and the dismay seems so much harder, and the way seems so much farther, but not as far as the memory of laughter. This weight is oppressive, obsessive in his incessant presence, like a lesson in evanescence, teaching him it's because he can't see it with his eyes. Surprise, surprise, that I mean he won't see it with his eyes, then breathe it through his mind, leaving him undone and vulnerable to some young tongue that's twisted and stung, that whispers sour somethings in his ear. Have no fear. It won't get easier, just more unreasonable and more infeasible until suddenly he rises to his feet and slides down to his knees and cries so sorrowfully one syllable as he please. Why? The words echo as he sits on his feet, accompanied by his slow heart. But the cry, it penetrated deep, filled as it was with grief and defeat. He grits his teeth as the sound he created permeated into hated places, populated by creatures satiating their dreams of hateful dark deeds. Indeed, it pissed so deep it awoke something that was asleep before sleep was called sleep. A voice creaked. Starting slowly, but growing with such cacophony, it rattles the monkey into a coughing spree. Outside, a storm forms from the summer breeze. So loud was the decree that other realms seas ripple and waves rush through their trees, pulling at leaves as the mountain screams the base speech. Pitiful monkey, you have awoken me, and now I'm angry. No longer can you stay here. Stewing and rotting in your fear. Disappear, go from here, I say go. Or I, the essence of the mountain, shall make it so. Well, the gibbon is shot, stuck still, and deep inside feels terribly ill. Takes a moment to engage his will, but finally, with a voice that's shaky and shrill, <laughs> Apologies, great Evermount, whose years are beyond count, beyond the shadow of a doubt. Not one creature can surmount your greatness, you are paramount. He thinks to himself, it's time to get out, but used to being on his own, he says it out loud. And the Evermount, ever proud, is all around, rumbles oh so loud. The gibbon screeches and bows to the mighty roar that surrounds. It towers in sound, through the floor and through the ground. Pounding through his brow with such force it astounds, the gibbon turns round. And Please to see, picture it, the large chamber with a tiny monkey fleeing, filled with tables with empty seats, empty plates where there used to be great feasts. The monkey's memories seem to rise from the east, is raised like the sun released, previously deceased. But as their presence increased, they are the least of his problems. As he climbs upon his rugged beast, grips tight the creature's rugged fleece, and it leaps. Forgotten Gibbon, look out your living. You may have a crown, you may have a throne, but when you look around, you were on your own, you've been forgotten, and it's left you rotten. You need to understand your pastures in the ground have polluted all the land, and now it's come back round.
forgotten given forgotten given the given burst out the mountain and breathed deep for the very first time in a wild genuine smile he floats on the breeze and the sun puts his mind to ease and suddenly he sees all he really needs is release from dark and cool ways to always feel free but without them noticing his memories start to sing and from their laughter caves they start to misbehave scratching at the bars and biting from his mind reopening the scars and being quite unkind whilst they rewind time to try to remind him they're bellowing and chorusing they shout and sing and follow him their fable of unstable stories breaking through his fabled story shaking through his shattered shoring his boat is rocked he's let a storm in his mind's lost its mooring cast adrift his beast starts roaring before he knows it he has fallen off his beast and now he's falling Forgotten Gibbon, look how you're living. You may have a crown, you may have a throne, but when you look around, you were on your own, you've been forgotten, and it's left you rotten. Time to understand your past written the ground have polluted all the land and now it's hard to stand forgotten given yeah forgotten given